Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the 10th Inning Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the wide world of baseball, keeping you up to date on America's national pastime. Now, here are your hosts, Jack Miller and Caraguno. Welcome back to another episode of the 10th Inning Podcast here on Rural Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Caraguno alongside Jack Miller, and we've got Brett Miller and Nick Carlson joining us today. It's going to be a fun episode. Not really a whole lot going out. Spring training, you know, getting getting into that. And pitchers and catchers reporting, so we can have some things to talk about there. But a lot of more fun segments that we do have in planned and in store today. So pitchers and catchers back. I know I'm pretty excited about that. Watching oh, yeah. some clips on Twitter and whatnot of, you know, Garrett Cole. I've seen DeGrom and whatnot. And I'm sure your Phillies are going out there and <laughs> their training and whatnot. But yeah. what have you seen? What have you excited so far? I mean, pitchers and catchers back. Is there anybody that you're uh, prospect-wise that you're excited about? Or who do you who's on your radar in, in coming up in spring training? For my radar, it's been, uh, I mean, the only stuff I've mainly seen is Phillies, Yankees, and Padres. So, um because I mainly I, I follow the Phillies on Instagram, and I think it's like the only actual official baseball <laughs> account I follow. But um, but the prospect that I'm looking forward to is probably Painter because they're like, oh yeah, he's probably going to be in the lineup at some point this year. So um, I didn't realize that he was six seven. So yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a very tall fella. So um, but yeah, uh, I'll jump uh, to you, Nick and Brett. Who are you guys looking forward to out of? Pitchers and catchers. Wait, first first of all, Nick, is this your first time on 10th inning or no? I, I think, think it's like no, second. Second. Yeah. second. Okay, cool. It was award shows last year. Right, and right, then, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd probably say Alvarez uh, for me as a Mets fan. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. You want to see Alvarez get that framework in, but at the same time, I don't know if he's going to make the lineup. Uh, he's yeah. still got that kind of raw talent. Uh, they're just kind of waiting to see how he kind of flutters around in AAA. Uh, I would have said Beatty, but pitchers and catchers are reporting. So I'm probably just going to stick with Alvarez. So for Alvarez, I mean, he played a few times last year, right? I mean, do you think, from what you saw from last year, do you think he's ready for that next step, or do you think he needs to be in the minor leagues a little bit? I, I It's tough, because all the fans want to see him. Yeah. It's just, I mean, he had one home run, and he was batting, like, probably, like, 100. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't that, it wasn't anything spectacular. The problem is, is, like, the catchers on the Mets are horrible. Like, Thomas Nito's not good, mm-hmm. so... You can kind of go down the line with McCann. McCann got yeah. traded as well. Mazika's there too. Mazika's nothing to write home about. So I, you can maybe kind of try to force him up, but he's going to come in at some point, probably midway through the season. I just don't think right now he's ready to to kind of sit at that top level. That makes sense. Now, Brett, who are you who are you looking forward to out of any of these prospects from pitchers and catchers? That yeah, similar to you, the only real constant updates I'm getting is from the Phillies yeah. and I saw on Twitter today that they put Painter's Locker right next to Zach Wheeler yeah, which I am a very big fan of Yeah, spit some knowledge something like that but yeah definitely Painter I hope Stubbs is taking a lot more reps than Real Muto <laughs> or else his legs will literally be brisket by June yeah I hope hopefully he is taking a lot more uh, stretches and just reps at catch something but uh, Kara for you any Yankee prospects that are 
uh, going through your mind that not you want to see or no? Not young guys. I'm just saying Rodon, obviously not a prospect, but I just want to see what he's like mm. in the mix with Cole and how they play off of each other. I think that I'm excited for that. But I've been watching, you know, Painter um, and Abel with the Phillies and um, Blue Claws. I've been, you know, keeping track with them. So I'm excited for them. I think the Phillies have a lot of young talent to to look at forward and seeing when they're ro- and they're going to be there in their rotation. So I think there's a lot of teams who have these young guys, but can they fit in early on? When are we going to see them in the lineup? Because you know there's projected. Of, are you going to be on this opening day roster? When when are you going to fit in? How much time are you going to need in AAA? So I think it's a lot to be excited for, but a lot of changes throughout the, the whole majors in general. So to get those feel for the new teams, I think it's going to be something exciting. You think Volpe comes up this season? That's mm. that's all I've been hearing about from Yankees fans. Is that Volpe he's going to be the next? And Dominguez, I've heard Dominguez might stay. Dominguez he's he's way too young. He's, yeah, he's but I've heard that like he's coming up. Like yeah. I saw he was there. The I saw um, Dominguez was there. His defense needs to get cleaned up a lot. Um, I think Volpe. I we he was in a couple games in the Yankee Renegades two years ago when we, he was great at short. I think the problem is with the Yankees is you have some really like IKF and then you have Peraza and you have all these guys and then you, Brian Cashman doesn't know where to put them and you, you can play in the outfield you can play there and you have Cabrera. I think Volpe obviously is going to start in AAA. I think that if they realize that I, IKF is not the answer, which he's not the answer, they might make some changes, but the Yankees are known for keeping their guys down there and waiting and waiting and waiting and for them to develop. And somebody like Estevan Florial, who doesn't, didn't do good, a highly regarded prospect, he really hasn't shown much in, throughout his time. So I think you, know, you don't want them to get stale like in the minors. And you don't want them to waste their talent, but is there room for them on the Yankees? I think so, but... I mean, other head people kind of say otherwise. So we'll see. I think Volpe's a, a good candidate. I think he's still kind of young, but we haven't seen him maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get a shot to see. Maybe an Aaron Boone makes a decision later on just to bring him on to just kind of watch the guys. But we'll see what happens. I think he's a really good really good prospect as well. Hitting-wise, I saw he was killing it in Somerset and fielding. He's He's been showing his stuff. So I mean, Yankees have a lot of, I think, defenders and outfielders and fielders. Pitching, I think, is where they kind of falter a little bit in their young, young guys. But very, very exciting to see him as well. Yeah, for... We just got, uh, or I just got breaking news. Um, this is posted 34 minutes ago. Um, former Phillies uh, Cole Hamels is signing a minor league contract with the San Diego Padres. Oh um, so he's not done yet. <laughs> and he was pitching with the Braves last year, which I really didn't even know. The Padres are doing everything they can to not have Seth Lugo starting games. I think. Yeah, so, I mean, you're signing all these pitchers. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think Cole Hamels is going to be anywhere near the Padres rotation at all this year but I mean Padres are just loading up in that pitcher spot I mean Brett I mean (laughs) you said they're trying to avoid Seth Lugo I don't even know why Seth Lugo is trying to be a starting pitcher but I mean why do you think like what's your what do you think the Padres reasoning for having just this loaded starting rotation is well we talked about it last week how they're going uh they're putting all their chips in now Darvish last week they went out and signed Waka today I think yeah and I mean, why not? I guess that they're they're finally in a position where they can be better than the Dodgers. They can run the West, and they're going all in. I th- I mean, Cole Hamels is it's twenty twenty three, and Cole Hamels is like, <laughs> yeah. like I think the expectations are obviously already tempered. But I, why not throw yeah. all your chips in? The thing that confuses me, Nick, is this: the fact that we always saw like teams like the Dodgers and the Mets have all this money, right? And then all of a sudden. The Phillies and the Padres spawn with money, right? <laughs> like, like it's just like they're using they're u- they're starting to like uh, abuse the luxury tax now, right? I mean, do you think 
other teams eventually are going to start like using this luxury tax to, I guess, quote unquote, their advantage? Or do you think like teams are going to try and stay conservative like this? It's now? it's tough. I think Steve Cohen messed everything up. I, as much as like yeah. I love Steve Cohen and what he did with the Mets, it's going to lead to teams now just kind of going for it all. If you feel like you're in a shot to win it, you're going to pay that extra that extra fee just to kind of get it there. I, the Phillies, I mean, who they signed? Who they signed? Schwarber, Castellanos. They just signed Turner. I yeah. mean, I don't know where they got that money from. The yeah. Padres, I mean, they keep pulling money out of nowhere to pull Alexander Bogarts. They were going to offer like seven hundred million dollars for Judge. Yeah, I don't know where they would have got all that money from. And you're going to start to see teams kind of just pull this money out of nowhere because, like the Padres, they feel like they can make that run. The Mets, they feel like they can make that run. I mean, you don't really see the Yankees spending a lot of money, but they're in that position too. And if they can start spending money at the same time, then I think a lot of teams are going to start to do that. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, you kind of right. Steve Cohen just kind of, I guess, messed everything <laughs> up because now Kara just everything. I mean, it's literally everyone's just trying to get all the big players. Like, you see, like, one player is wanting a trade, and then, like, potentially everyone that uses the luxury tax is involved in this trade or signing or whatever. I mean, do you think the luxury tax is going to go by? Like, it might leave and they might have salary caps eventually or no? I think it depends. Like, Steve Cohen, like like you said, Nick, he me- like he messed everything up. But if a lot of these teams, like even San Francisco, they were willing to spend, you know, an exuberant amount of money, amount of money on Korea. And it's, I think it goes back to the teams. They have this win-now mentality. They want to win now. They have their rotation, but they want to add. And they're willing to spend millions and millions of dollars to win now. But at the end, who you, like, you're obviously trying to win the World Series, but you're facing up against, like in the AL, obviously the Astros. You're gearing up to, to play them. And then the end, NL, you're it's it's been a wild card it's been, and throughout the entirety of the NL, but these teams want to win now, so they're gonna spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. Which to us, it's like, oh my god, this is absolutely insane. But to their front office, it's like, oh yeah, we'll just get this guy, we'll just spend this how many year deal, and they're also signing these guys for eight years, nine yeah. years, and they're gonna be old, and they're gonna be like, like we talked about Himmels, he's thirty nine, and I, yeah. and like you Darvish, we talk about his, and and when Aaron Judge is done with his year, he's gonna be old, so they want to win now, but they're signing these guys for a long time, so. Everybody just wants to spend millions and millions of dollars, but at the end of the day, one one team's going to win the World Series, so you're not going to win now. It's just, I guess, you're kind of waiting for your team to kind of click in this, this right spot. Yeah, and Correa was supposed to sign for 13 years or 12 yeah. years and finish his career with whoever he signed, whether it was the Giants, Mets, or Twins. Sorry to bring that up, Nick. But <laughs> but um, but still, I mean, a lot of teams are offering a lot of money for a lot of years. So, um, But one guy that signed for a shorter amount of years, uh, DeGrom, he... Uh, has been out for the past few days with left soreness, um, with just left soreness on his left side, and uh, will start spring training a little later than everyone else. But uh, also, uh, Nestor Cortez and uh, Frankie Montas of your Yankees yep. are both injured Fall before apart. the before they even stepped onto the diamond, yeah. and uh, it's just a lot of pitchers are just starting to get injured, even when before pitchers and catchers. But like, how like do you think that you're um, the let's go to the World Baseball Classic for a second. Do you think the care? Do you think the USA's pitching is in is in like shambles right now because Nestor Cortez is out? Hey, that was kind of. I think Nestor played really good at the end of the season as well. He got uh, he got uh, like on fire. He was doing very very well, and he was exceeding expectations. So I thought you know it's a great. Fit, fit for Team USA to have him pitch like that and to go up against the other teams like the DR, everybody else that that's gonna be in Japan. You know that's that's hard. But I think Cortez, it's it's gonna be a little bit sucky for 
the World Baseball Classic, you cannot see him, but you want him healthy for the season. You need him healthy for the Yankees rotation because you have somebody like like Motas who gets he gets he's out, and he, even Aaron Boone said he's probably gonna. They don't know how long he's gonna be out for. He could miss the whole season. So you need Nestor right now to be healthy. And he said he he said he he felt something a little bit, and then he didn't really think anything of it. And then he went back to the training staff, and they kind of assessed that you know there's something we have to take care of. So you obviously, I think it's. Obviously not good that they're injured, but you want them injured now before the season gets into full effect and before a week before the season starts and you're scrambling to find the guys in the rotation. So hopefully it will take him a couple weeks or so and then it'll get it, you know, all worked out. And I think it's upsetting that he won't be in the World Baseball Classic, but still you want him healthy for the season and in any Yankees uniform. So. Yeah, and Brett, do you think, like, go like, to the World Baseball Classic, I mean, do you think that you at team USA's like betting odds went down because because Cortez was supposed to be the ace of the team yeah. I mean and it's just you lose your ace for the world baseball classic I mean it hurts for even it's just for a regular major league team I don't want to know what's going to happen when Adam Wainwright at 41 <laughs> years old faces the Dominican Republic team yeah I don't even want to know what's going to happen when Brady Singer is on the mound yeah, like, against Juan Soto and you have Kershaw on the mound I mean like like I wouldn't mind Kershaw it, on the mound. Yeah, like, oh. it drops off significantly after that. Yeah, it's like, like I wouldn't Lance mind Lynn. Kershaw on the mound like the two World Baseball Classics ago. But now, I mean, I would say he's a good three-four pitcher as a starting pitcher. But it's like I don't want him to be on my World Baseball Classic team, in my opinion. Like, so it's just interesting to see like all these uh, these guys are just. Uh, dropping down and whatnot, but Nick, what what are your thoughts on just Cortez and Degrom and Montas and all that? Uh, Degrom would be that's I, I can't stand Degrom. Degrom, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved him when he was on the Mets, but he gets hurt all the time. You look at some of these other guys. I don't know why you'd play in the World Baseball Classic. Like Mike Trout, very unbelievable player, just gets hurt all the time. So why would you kind of risk playing for? America, and you could just kind of just stick with the Angels, kind of just rest. Some of these other guys, why would you want to risk that injury? Cortez, at the same time, I didn't actually know he was hurt, but he was supposed to be the ace. Now he's not playing. Now that affects the Yankees because the fact yeah. that he was going to play, now he's injured. So I think the World Baseball Classic is one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, it's a fun thing to do, but the MLB is kind of where you're supposed to be. And if you're not there for your team like Frankie Montas, who's going to miss the whole entire season, now you're affecting the Yankees' rotation big time because – what they give up for him? They gave up a good amount for him. Prospects, yeah. Now he's not playing. So you don't have Nestor, you don't have Frankie as well. So. Piggybacking off of what Nick's saying, a guy like JT Realmuto, I previously mentioned it, he's like 32-33 in the middle of a team that has to win now, and you're telling me he's going to catch a... He's their number one catcher, I guess. Yeah. yeah With him, Will Smith, Higashioka. Yeah. Like, this guy's in the middle of a five-year contract, $100 million deal. Phillies are going all in right now. Him in the World Baseball Classic is just... To me, it's a lot of innings over a long season. They just played in the World Series. They got done in November because of the lockout. Yeah. Yeah, November. That's tough. Similar how he's saying with um, Frankie Montage, it's injury prone. It could be a, could not end well. Yeah, but the thing is, is, like, I get what both of you two are saying, but it's just World Baseball Classic, to me, it's the Olympics of baseball, right? Like, it's a huge honor to even be accepted onto like a world baseball classic team or even start for the world baseball classic or be on the bench or whatnot. So I get why they're um, doing that. And to me, if I was a baseball player, like a big name, like judge or trout, I would want to play for my country because that's just a huge honor within itself. 
like I get like what you're saying with like pushing like with Real Muto's example, like they just they he last played in November, mm-hmm. and now he's playing again in March. Like I see like how you have to wait, but I mean to me I just see that it's a huge honor just to play for them. So like why not just try and do it? And and it's not even just like Team USA is, is just all filled with stars. Every star is participating in the World Baseball Classic. It's not just Team USA. Um, having all the stars and whatnot. I mean, well, my thing is like with like Trout. Like, I you we could make the argument. We, we could probably say right now he's like top three player right now in the league. Yeah, maybe. And then like, what does he have left to prove? Like, he's got to win a World Series, but like, don't you want to spend time with your family? Why mm-hmm. Why do you want to go out and play in the World Baseball Classic? You get hurt, and then next thing you know, you're rehabbing. I, I feel like you'd kind of just want to step aside for a little bit. It'd be cool to represent your country like one time as like a 25 year old, but like. What's Trout, like, 33, 32? Like, he's, yeah. he's getting old, so. But it's, like, even, like, teams, like, with the Dominican Republic, like, you have players like Juan Soto and Machado who are playing for DR, and they are, um, and they were just playing in October, like, late October with the Phillies. So, I mean, do you, Kara, do you like this, like, all the stars playing in the World Baseball Classic, or do you wish it was kind of dwindled down a little bit to where it wasn't all these MLB stars playing in it? I do like the MLB stars playing. I, I do. You want to represent your country, and you have to get if you want to if you want to win. You got to go up against the DR. You got to put your best foot forward. If they they're putting their their best foot forward, because yeah, realistically, you could send the prospects. I mean, I think that would be really exciting to send the young kids, but they they're not gonna they're probably not gonna win. But to Nick's point, I agree because Mike Trout is so injury prone, and this this poor guy, he's so talented, but he he's injured, and I wouldn't risk myself getting injured for Mike Trout, especially knowing that, you know, you want him to win. And somebody, I'm looking, Tim Anderson gets injured a lot. Tim Inter- uh, wasn't Mullins injured for a while? I'm trying to remember all these guys. But then you have somebody like Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt Jr. is in there. That's yeah. like somebody who's exciting, you know, representing probably your country for the first time, getting him out there. But and then you have a mix of these these old guys. Goldschmidt's old. Like you said, Wainwright. You have these all these old guys in there. And I think for some of them, you don't want you don't want them to get hurt. I think that's the biggest thing, not getting them to hurt. But you still want them to give all, all for the for the country. But you're still missing, you know, you're still missing. I think pitching wise is where the U.S. lacks obviously the most. So that's going to be really tough to go up against the other countries in there. They do have some some older guys. I mean, Presley's in there for, from Houston. He's older too, so they do have experience. But I would say the biggest thing is yes, it's it's really really cool. It's very especially since we haven't had the World Baseball Classic in such a long time. But you don't want to get hurt at the end of the day. You do not want to get for especially a star of your team as a star as a leader of the team. I mean, you don't want to leave Shohei by himself again. You don't want him to do everything. So, and I mean, Trey Turner with the Phillies. You know, especially you don't want him getting hurt before he puts on a Phillies uniform for the first time too. So sure. there's just other things you have to think about. But I think in itself, it's very very exciting. So I'm I'm excited to see what kind of which transpires throughout the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I'm kind of excited too. And uh, speaking, I guess, of age, we'll switch topics over to uh, a guy that just retired um, after winning Comeback Player of the Year, Albert Pujols. Um, he's playing in the Celebrity All-Star Game <laughs> this weekend. Um, I don't know how to feel about this, just because, like, we, we Albert can't run. Like, and say, can he move? I don't know if he can move. <laughs> like, I mean, the thing is with Albert is just, like, he's not known for his running, so him on a basketball court, to me, is slightly odd. So I'll switch the... I'll go over to you, Nick. What's his stats going to be like for this game? Because, like, I don't see him... I just see him just start to walk up and down the court and whatnot, or just start <laughs> cherry-picking, like, on the other end. Like, what yeah, do you expect out of Albert in this game? 
He'll be a three and D type of guy. He'll just <laughs> pop a three and just move back. I just, I mean, you play like the MLB The Show video games. He's got like zero speed, so yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see him doing a lot. I don't even know if he has like the stamina and fatigue to play throughout the game. So, no. I, I mean, like if I had to give like a stat line, I mean, if he put up like a three, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like mm-hmm. he's not gonna get a rebound. I don't even think he could really get off the ground. I just, <laughs> I I'd probably say maybe he gets involved a little bit, but I think he's just kind of just having fun with retirement, mm-hmm. and that's why he's playing in the All Star celebrity. So, Brett, plus minus four and a half. You bet no. Oh, I'm under. slamming the under. Under? <laughs> I just hope the guy doesn't get hurt. Like, yeah. go represent MLB, you know, yeah. be the face. Like, just retired. Heck of a baseball player. Just don't get hurt. Yeah. Well, what's Hit also. Hit a three and yeah. Yeah. don't play defense. What's also interesting is Alex Bregman's coaching this game, Kara. Oh, my God. So, I mean. I didn't know Bregman wants to coach oh my God. basketball, but he's coaching the celebrity game. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? She's a big Astros fan. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> my favorite team, you know. Why Bregman needs to get a hobby. Why is he coaching the celebrity all-star game? Just focus on the season yeah. coming up, not coaching. I think it's going to be fun. Though. I think it's it's just fun. I mean, in general, obviously switching topics to the NBA a little bit, but and just in general, it could be pretty fun to see. I just want to see Albert, you know, you know, hit a three. and He'll play for like five minutes, and then he's yeah. going to be out. He, he'll be out there. I think I'm looking at the rosters right now. It's going to be kind of fun. You have like. DK Metcalf out there. Megatron. Like, yeah. Megatron is on one of <laughs> yeah. the teams. Like, oh my God. It's crazy. 21 Savage. Like, this is, these lineups are coming. Megatron and 21 Savage pick and roll. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. These are gonna, these are some fun rosters. Imagine yeah. like a DK Metcalf, like ISO with Albert Pujols. Like, <laughs> just be like, Take a charge or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That would be funny. But yeah, we'll, we'll switch things back over to baseball. But we, we have a lot of fun things to talk about. A lot of fun topics. So, um, there's not a lot of news this week. So, um, me and Kara thought of the, uh, the decision um, the, to just have a fun episode and just come up with different kind of debate topics or just different kind of topics to talk about. Um, we have things of like favorite dynamic duos, um, and we have create your best pitcher and whatnot. But what I'll first start with is the slight news that we have where the Marlins are bringing back their old teal jerseys that they've had when they played at their old Marlins stadium. Um, so... Brett, I'll go over to you. What do you, is the Marlin, like, it's cool that these teams are bringing back old jerseys and stuff like that. I think it's super cool for the game of baseball. Um, but what is your favorite alternate jersey or favorite old-time jersey that you loved uh, teams playing in? We we went back and forth on this a long time before the show. Um, mm-hmm. I could go bias and go Phillies baby blue, yeah. but I'll look at it from a neutral perspective. I like the Mariners cream jerseys that mm, yeah. I think I saw a picture of Julio in it last year. Those are really clean. Yeah, it's just like, because don't they have like a little bit of gold on there? Yeah, too? yeah a little I mean, bit of gold. I think yeah. slight to I don't know. It I'm not probably a little sure. bit too because of the Mariners. I feel but like, it's just really clean. I feel like for me, um, I, I mean, the Pirates have switched it up a little bit, but I really like when like the old Pirates where it's just the, um, where the Andrew McCutcheon era kind of, I mean, now the, Pittsburgh and Pirates stuff is like cursive now, but like right. when it was kind of jagged and like looked cool, I think um, that's that was I would say mine. And then they had like those, I think the striped hats. Oh, right? those are so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like those as well. But uh, Nick, what is your I would say your favorite ultimate or alternate jersey that you like? I, I do like the Phillies one, the baby blue one. Uh, yeah. The Nationals one sticks out to me, like the American flag uh, one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think just because I've seen it the most, uh, I've gone to all the games for it, is the Friday night Mets ones, mm. where That's it's just really all cool. black yeah. and orange. Yeah. Super uh, cool. Those are really cool. They only come out every once in a while, uh, whenever they play on Friday night. Uh, I would say those, 
But, like, I do think that that Phillies baby blue one, like, if I were to get a Phillies jersey, it would have to be that baby blue jersey. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, like, that's just a very cool-looking alternate. Yeah. Kara, what about you? What, do you, what is your favorite alternate jersey? I, I think I have to say Phillies, too, just because that that blue is just, it's, like, iconic. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking, too. I think, I know we were talking about a little bit about the, in this the last episode, I think just changing up the jerseys in general would just, like, we do it, like, a Friday night, like the Mets do, or do it on you know, one special day and then the month you just change it up because that's for fans. They want to get it and it's profitable as well. So that's the, m- the money part of it too. Yeah. And cause we're, t- we're, I mean, obviously we're sitting here talking about it, so it's gotta be attention wise. So that's, I just think, I wish the Yankees would just, and their Yankees are always so like strict with everything, Yeah, but you can't really change. That's something, I don't know how they would do their, I know we were talking about this a little bit before, but I don't know how they would kind of do their alternate jerseys. Um, do you think they will be last for Nike city connect? Because just because Probably. of how many strict, I guess, like, old-time rules that they have. I feel like they could be in one of the final teams to do that. Yeah, because, I, I mean, because, Nick, we were talking about this on the last episode where uh, we were talking about Nike City Connect jerseys and all that, and um, we were talking about, like, what the Yankees would be like just because, like, they're an old-time team and they have old traditions. I mean, they still, like, make sure no one has a beard and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, we were talking about, last, last episode we were talking about cities that would be cool to see have a Nike City Connect jersey this year. So I'll put that question to you since you weren't here on last episode. So, like, what city do you think needs a Nike City Connect jersey, like, right now? I think, I don't even remember who has a Nike City Connect. Uh, I think if you get, like, the lower teams involved, that'd be yeah. cool. Like, if you got, like, the Orioles and Athletics, you can make some really cool jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think in terms of, for, like, the Yankees, I think it's funny because me and Aaron Hook were talking about it. Like, why would you spend $140 on a Yankees jersey? Like, like, no offense to the Yankees, but they don't have the name on the back of their jersey. True. So, like, instead of Judge, you, like, for the Mets, you see, like, Lindor. For the Phillies, you see Harper. Right. You're spending $145 on a jersey that just says 99 or 45 <laughs> So, it's like, care. would you ever buy a jersey like that? I have. Do you have one? I have two. I have mine Rivera jersey. Are they real? Like $140? Well, <laughs> no, they were when I was like kids. When uh. I was kids, but you have to get it extra large, so you get it. So my, I had we have two jerseys, and my dad got them for us for like Christmas or something, and he got different sizes for my sister and I. But my one jersey has Mar- Mo's last name on it, and one doesn't. For me, I like the last names, but I know that it's such like a Yankees thing. But you, but like the numbers, I think in itself are iconic because you have Judge. You don't need the nine. You know the ninety nine. You know who it is. But then you have somebody like Torres, and the, num- the numbers can kind of recycle. You can do, oh, who are you who who are you for? And then it's like, oh, you know, like the different guys in the team but i think the yankees in general they're just so strict and it's you're like really you're getting a name on the jersey but they're not there's nobody name on the back it's just the, it's just a new york logo at the end of the day so i i, I like the last name at the same time i get it but every other jersey you have has the name on it so or most of them anyway they asked you if you have a jorge posada no it's, it's donaldson <laughs> right, right like oh my god you can get away with that like mm. Yeah, something. Yes. But I've seen a lot at like Yankee Stadium. You're like, how old your jersey? Or like, whatever it is. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. But at the same time, I want somebody's. Last, you're not buying the jersey just for. You can make. You can even get your own last name on the jersey if you wanted to. You want it for the player. You want yeah. it for the player. That's who I think. You and like Judge and Jeter are the only one that like a casual fan will recognize. Like no one's gonna see like. 45 and be like, oh, I know who that is. Like you're not gonna get that. right, Derek Cole. Like oh, okay, like. It is. I think you need it. You want it for the name, and mm-hmm. especially if the guys change, changing teams, like you said. Don, like you don't want to. You have to clarify. I'm not wearing a Donaldson jersey. <laughs> it's Posada. It's Posada. <laughs> right. Posada. Not Posada. Donaldson. Yeah. Right. Like something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. For the Nike City Connect jerseys that we were talking about last episode, Nick, we were saying um, the one team that me and Brett really wanted to see was uh, Pittsburgh because you have the bridge 
that's super cool. You can definitely put like the bridge on that jersey, have it black, and just have the bridge be yellow and all that stuff. Um, How many teams were in Nike City Connect? Did they do like ten like, of them? I, I think, think it's up 10? to like 10, ten to twelve. I think it's like not. I think they do seven a year, so I think it's around like fourteen, fifteen. So about half the league. Yeah. Um, but I think most of the big, uh, big names don't have them besides the Dodgers. Um, Astros. Astros have do, but I'm. Would we say it's a big name now because they have two ships? Or yeah, the Rockies one is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Rockies, yeah. the Rockies is so sick. <laughs> the, uh, the one that's uh, well, Boston has one. They're they're big. I would say they're big name. Yeah, obviously. yeah, they're but yellow. Like like yeah. we're like we're saying like uh, the yeah that yeah. yellow one that Nick just pulled up on his phone. I mean, it's just you the yellow ones is just un, it's just weird. I think they said like they're mustard, like they. Make really good mustard or something, so they're yellow. So they could have done like something so cool with like the monster or something, like yeah. Green but I think, or well, the city, the, what they do with the city is they do it with something that's based in their city, like Rockies. They do the mountains mm-hmm. because it's it's in Denver and whatnot. Yeah. But with um uh like with Boston, there's not really a ton. I mean, there's a bunch of history in there in Boston that's happened, but it you had to represent something of your city. I don't think they are trying to represent something in the ballpark. Like, I would totally get, like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. have, like, Sitco on it or yeah. whatever because <laughs> you see their gas station every time. But, like, it's just hard to do with Boston because, like, like, even if you want to travel to Boston, there's not a ton of things to do besides go to, a, like, a sport, like, a Celtics, Patriots, or Bruins, or uh, Red Sox game. Like, yeah. like, if you go there, you're going there for sports. There's not really a ton of stuff uh, there to do. I could literally see the Yankees never doing this. Yeah, like, I could see them right. being like, "Nah, yeah. like I'm not even gonna do that." Just because I feel like the Yankees are gonna be like, "Nah, we're gonna stick to our jerseys. We have our traditions." They don't really want to get creative, but you see some of these teams like they go all out. I can't see Cashman even. Right, that's considering the thing that. is, is they did the. Remember that when they had those jerseys like one weekend where they had all those nicknames. nicknames? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the Yankees did that. They did that. I could see them. Only thing I could see them is doing like a full navy. Like Jersey, like th- similar to those, and then doing I don't know the Empire State Building or some way working in the pinstripes in there. So that, but that's the only thing I can see them. They're not gonna make, they're not gonna go yellow like Boston. They're not mm-hmm. gonna change the colors like Miami did or whatever. I feel like they would stick to their same, yeah, their same Cause, standards. Because what's gonna be interesting is when they have to come out, like if they come out with the both New York ones, because with the Dodgers and Angels, they both have connect jerseys, right. but um. They are completely different. Like, there's two different aspects of L.A. Like, um, the Dodgers represents the uh, Hispanic community that they have out there. And then the Angels one um, represents, like, the tropics part of it. Like, where how it's all beach-like in, in L.A. So, um, I just don't know what the difference between the Mets and the Yankees one will be. I mean, Nick, I mean, you're the Mets fan. So, like, like just, she said Empire State Building. I think that fits well with the Yankees. But with the Mets, I mean, I don't know what you guys are going to add. I think literally what you could do, like, just make it the regular Mets jersey and just put, like, Cohen's face on it. Like, <laughs> I, that's literally all you could really do. I mean, like, you, you can't go Empire State Building because both teams could do it. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think you just make maybe like a cool color design and then like that's really about it. You can't really get away with anything. And the Yankees, you'd think, are probably like the more patriotic, I guess. So yeah. you can maybe go a little more American flag. But I, I really don't know. I, I can't see either of those teams really even doing the City Connect. Yeah, I think one of my favorites, and I guess the underrated one, would be the the Nationals one where they have all the yeah, that cherry one's really blossoms smooth. on I like them. I mean, they're, they're gray, but it's like, 
mean, still kind of cool, but yeah, um, I think it's good. Also, I'm just speaking about like the minor leagues team. I don't know if we, I mean, a couple times the teams do alternate jerseys, but you could start in the minors, do it like this, and then kind of use that as a testing ground for the. I think it would be really sick if you want to go see a minor league game and they're wearing their alternate jerseys. I know in the the G League they do that a d- couple of times yeah, too. Yeah, because for blue coats, the purple we coats, the purple coats, they yeah. do that, and I think you can all, like it's for a good you raise awareness for something about the city itself. Exactly, and to see that like the the Washington one, I know we were talking about it. In, in Wilmington when it debuted. So that's just kind of cool to see the history of the city you're playing for and a little bit about the team as well. So it just gives, I get also fans another option just to get to more money at the end of the day. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And I mean, and we'll, we're going to switch topics over to uh, to something else. But I mean, just having a cool aspect like that is cool and whatnot. Just to have like a different, like the purple coats I think is so cool that they change it to purple because purple is the uh, the color for mental health awareness. So it's really cool, but some teams have to move out of their stadium sometimes. So we're gonna switch over to favorite stadiums that don't exist anymore. Um, there's a lot of great stadiums that aren't around anymore, but and there's and there's a bunch of stadiums that do exist. But uh, I want to f- pinpoint on the ones that are no longer in use by major league teams. Um, for me, um, I really like old Yankee yeah. Stadium. I think I mean it's. Pretty iconic, obviously. Yeah. I like Polo Grounds too. The weird design you have yeah. two fifty down the line, <laughs> and then like four eighty seven dead away center. So, um, and my favorite park um, that doesn't exist anymore, and probably one of my favorite parks that um, I wish I went to would be uh, Globe Life Park, which was the Rangers one. I just think the like, the entire like outfield was super cool. How like one part was like upper deck, and then one had like like, it had two decks and then, like, a roof above it. I just thought, like, the outfield was so cool. Um, but, Nick, I'll, I'll change it to you. Who do you – what were your stadiums that you really like that don't are, – that aren't in use anymore? Uh, probably Shea Stadium is going to come to my mind first. Yankee Stadium was cool. I, I just, like – it felt like a gross stadium to me almost. <laughs> like, I, I like the new Yankee Stadium a little more. Uh, but, I number one, easily – it's pro- – I think they should bring it back. I think they should bring Polo Grounds back. Yeah. That would be wild. I mean, I, I, it Honestly, would be horrible though, to play there. but That would be super cool. Like, instead of having Field of Dreams, they should have, like, a Polo of, like, Weekend or something just to see if someone can oh my God. try and get it into the gap or, like, something. Like, I don't think, I think it'd be so cool. This might be a hot take, but, like, I don't think Field of Dreams is that cool. Like, you're, I like, you're playing in corn. Like, uh, well, I, the thing is, is with Field of Dreams, it was cool when it was... Yankees White Sox because that was the movie. Yes, yeah, that was the movie, and then they moved it to Reds and Cubs. I think it was Cubs, but yeah, like it was, still, it was like, terrible. It's not the movie, and the teams weren't good either. Yeah. So. And the teams weren't good. Yeah, that obviously. first game was a classic. The that, first, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then you're never gonna get a game like that. No, so. yeah. yeah, it didn't help that the game it. was insane. The movie yeah. was like, I think if you're gonna do that, do it to the standard of the movie. Keep the same yeah. two teams, and then do something else. Like I know they do the stuff with the Little League World Series. I think that's pretty cool too when they have that yeah. that at the end and get all the kids from all the different teams. I think that's just pretty cool. That's I think a way that MLB differentiates itself from like because you have the you know NBA, the All Star Weekend, NHL. I don't. It's not really. Know how they marketed, but they still have their thing. But MLB All Star Weekend, they're all throughout the entire the home run derby. That I think that's incredible. But kind of changing things a little bit for a second. But. Do we think that the MLB, since it's highly in, like it has so many people that um, aren't like from America, right? That they'll start playing games or having like things like they did in the NFL, where they travel to different countries like Mexico or like 
um, the Dominican Republic to play like regular season baseball games because, like in during the season, like you have NFL always playing in London. Right. They now play in Germany. They uh, they have one game where they play in Mexico City. So do we think that the MLB uh, is going to start traveling to different stadiums outside of the U.S. or or what? What do you think, Kara? I think it'd be really cool to do that. I think they. I'm trying to remember. I th- did they travel last year? Did Did somebody go? I don't think so. Um, no. I, don't I don't think, think anyone's so. traveled. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool yeah. to just put a t- send the team send to the Dominican Republic, have a team go there. I think a game in London would be. I don't know how well it would do, but to just diversify I think the they audience. Did, didn't they do a game in London? They did, did? do one game. Red, yeah, Sox, Red Sox, Red, Red Sox, Yankees. 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 They, did. they, did. they, did one game they played in London. London, really? Yeah, I can't remember. Like, yeah. When was that? A year ago? Twenty eighteen. It was like yeah. Those balls were juice. Oh my god! Yeah. Like literally, I think it was like I want to say I don't even know what the final score of that game was, but. It was, I think, double digits for both teams. Of course, I, that would be. I think just send them a couple, maybe a couple games a year, not even. And I, I think you send the higher level teams. Obviously, if you're wanting to show your game in different countries, send Yankees, send the Red Sox. You can send the Phillies, Dodgers, just teams like that. But because like if you're sending the the Diamondbacks, and you're like, all right, like or the Reds, like those teams, are, it's it's kind of unfortunate. But I think it'd be really cool. Final score was seventeen to thirteen. So oh my, what year was that? This was twenty nineteen. So this is this was what? right before the the pandemic. So oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, I told you the Bulls are juice. So like it's it. This is a good score. So, good. That's insane. But like I think traveling to other stadiums was is a cool aspect. Um, like traveling like I think they got to travel more to like Central America because that's where a lot of their baseball community comes from. Like you got to go to. Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, going to Mexico, all that stuff. I just think it's a cool aspect, Nick. I think it's a good idea. I think it'd be impossible. I think that, I don't, like, how do you, the thing with football is, like, the game's once a week. So, if you go to London, and then the next day you got to be in Cincinnati to do a game, that's just, that time is just too brutal to get from London to Cincinnati. Baseball is a game where you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're off Thursday, back Friday. So, it's it's tough to kind of get that scheduling to go. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what players are going to want to deal with that. I mean, your sleep schedule will be completely messed up. I think it's a good idea, maybe when you get close to like All Star break or something. Yep. Yeah. But I, I just I think it'd be too tough to kind of send teams to Puerto Rico, Dominican, and then all right, you're in London, and then now you're here, now you're there. It's just too much travel and too much logistics going on. Yeah, I think it's just like you have to start off with just like like just having like a travel series, like just like one like one series, one three game series, or like something. one three game cool. series is there. Like I'm not saying like. Like people have to travel to London every, like every other weekend or whatever. I thought when you were saying travel series, I thought, all right, so you're gonna start in London and then you go to Puerto Rico <laughs> no, and then no, you go. No, no, that's a lot. World tour. On tour. No, I'm just yeah, saying, like tour. one game, like just like having one series or like two series, like throughout the entire MLB season, where someone just travels to like a different city. I think it's just a cool aspect to have. Um, but I don't think, yeah. I, uh, we'll switch over to you, Brett. What were your favorite stadiums that don't exist anymore? I don't think we got to. Oh, uh, I never got to go, but yeah. the vet, I've heard very mm-hmm. a lot of stories about the vet. Turner Field, where the Braves used to play Ooh. before, that was a really cool stadium. This field isn't gone yet, but it needs to be gone, and that's the A's. Just, oh, yeah. just get <laughs> rid of it. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Not There's not one fan that will vouch for that stadium. No. That'd be a cool place to go to because there's like 30 fans that go, so you yeah. can just go wherever you want. Exactly. and I don't think they... I don't know if they can afford ushers, to be honest. Like Probably not. Having game day staff and all that. I, I don't, Just get I don't rid know of about it. that. But, um, but speaking of fields, we'll switch over to this topic of best all-time infield. Um, so um, I think this is a cool topic just to have. It's not like a best all-time team or whatever. It's just specifically just infield. Uh, does anyone want to start or do you guys want me to start? <laughs> 
because I don't. I mean, I have mine already, so I don't know if you guys have yours. Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. I'll go for it. Um, so for first base, um, I just did first, second, short, and third. I didn't do catcher, pitcher, or whatnot. So, um, so for first base, I have ninety three MVP Frank Thomas. I mean, probably one of the best <laughs> first basemen's to walk the planet. So, uh, I have him there. And then, um, for second baseman, I put two guys. Um, I have. 08 Utley, just that's really biased, like straight up, I'll be honest, like that's just really biased. Um, and then uh, I also have uh, MVP 1949 Jackie Robinson when he won MVP. So um, he was very good at second base, great fielder, great speed, a lot of stolen bases in that season. Um, this is one uh, for shortstop, this is one of my favorite shortstops um, of all time, and uh, but he was very good in this season, I would say 1958. Ernie Banks, I mean, he just hit bombs in in the <laughs> 50s. I mean, he was nuts. And then for third base, I have 1980 Mike Schmidt. Um, I think you can pretty much say that he's probably one of the best third basemen to walk the planet. So um, I'll switch it over to you, Kara. I don't know. I want to hear what you have to oh say. God. I want to see what Yankees bias even, you have. No, Yankees, Yankees. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I was still just. I just obviously looked at this now, but I, I'm gonna. It's gonna might take me a while to piece it together. I, I'll mm-hmm. give you short. Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to put Jeter out short for me. I don't know. Is he a good fielder, though? I know. That's been <laughs> that's, the biggest uh, That's yeah. been the biggest controversy. Um, I don't know. I have to round out the rest of my infield. So. Yeah, because for, for me, well, the reason I put Schmitz because he won, like, 10 gold gloves, 10-plus right. gold gloves, and also won MVP twice. So, um, And then Jackie... Uh, I mean, Frank is not the best fielder, obviously. I don't, <laughs> he sometimes didn't know where the ball was, but um, but he knew where the ball was when it was coming down the plate. So um, <laughs> he, I, I had to put him. I had to put him there, and he just hit bombs. But Nick, do you have any uh, ideas for your? Well, I was just trying to piece it together, and then I was looking, and I was like, I'm just gonna go off of what I know. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I would have put Schmidt at third. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, I wasn't alive then, but yeah, I yeah. know a lot about him. I, I don't know if you could really put him at first, but, like, I, Ortiz was a DH, and you could put him at first uh, at as well. First. Yeah. Um, I, I was trying to round out shortstop and second. Utley's, like, up there, but then again, I'm not Phillies, so yeah. I would say I don't know. Um, Jeter, I, I can put him up there just because, like, my family's all big Yankees fans, so it's like, yeah, Jeter's been a huge part. Second base gets tough because, like, I can't think of a, a really yeah, good second, second base. I didn't know. Brett, we're talking about this for second There's, base. Like the best all-time second baseman's Joe Morgan. Like, but yeah, like not, yeah. But no, no one really knows Joe Morgan. Like, you also had like Ryan Sandberg, and you also had um, who was the other guy that we were talking about? Rogers Hornsby. Rogers Hornsby, right? Who I have. Hornsby, yeah. Like we, like we don't know these guys. I mean, we know, like, we kind of know Sandberg, but right. it's not like no one really stands out. Like the best second baseman at, right now is Altuve. That's I wouldn't. He wouldn't even be my top ten. Like, yeah, but he's not in the yeah. top ten of like yeah. second baseman like all yeah, time. I, no, so yeah. it's just like, like when you and you put like if you put best second baseman all time in Google, the like Howie Kendrick comes up. Like <laughs> you don't know yeah. these guys, and like Cesar Hernandez comes up. So, um, but yeah, I mean second baseman is definitely tough. So I had, I had to do a little digging. So I put I would rotate my positions. I would yes. put David Wright <laughs> at short and then move <laughs> Jeter over to second, and that would be my infield. So. There we go. There we go. So, uh, Brett, what do you uh, for your best time best all time yeah. infield? So do? I took Hornsby at second base solely because I saw that his all time average was like three fifty eight. So I I. It, <laughs> Guess I couldn't uh, deny it. <laughs> then I went Phillies bias with MVP Ryan Howard. There was probably better options, but 
that was like the staple of my childhood, watching right. him hit bombs. And then I put Ozzy Smith at shortstop. He, he was really fun, did backflips, and <laughs> had fun. <laughs> and then I went Chipper Jones third base to Ooh. switch it up. He was yeah, he was pretty unreal. Chipper Jones was unreal of a player. Just he's a, sw- a switch hitter. I think he kind of changed the game for switch. Did it hitting. all? I mean, you did bat. I mean, you bat best at right, but you can also hit the ball pretty much as well as you can on the left side. I mean. Chipper Jones is definitely up there for all-time third baseman. Definitely has to be top five, maybe top three at least. Um, but, Kara, have you pieced it yet? Or? Uh, no, it's going to take me another – maybe next episode. I'll get it together. <laughs> okay, next, okay. next segment. Yeah. But I think – Josh Donaldson at third. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> that would be my final straw. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, if I ever say something like that, I'm going losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but that is iconic. Next topic. Um, this one was the one that – I really wanted to talk about this one on 10th on inning was – Create the best pitcher possible with types of pitches. Um, so for me, I have so like I have. I think there's like five or six pitches in here. Uh, for my honorable mention, though, um, before I get into anything, I'm gonna put Hoffman's changeup. Trevor Hoffman's changeup. I mean, the uh, the fact that he threw like 90 and then just dropped you with a 73 changeup. That's insane. That looked like a fastball is is nuts. Um, so I have your, your favorite most cutter, um, mm-hmm. Mariano Rivera's cutter. First thing there. I thought of. Yeah. So, uh, and then I will, for when he's healthy, I have DeGrom's fastball, but I also put Nolan Ryan's. I think Nolan Ryan's was definitely better, but I would, I just wanted to put someone that, um, from today in here. So, uh, DeGrom slash Nolan Ryan, I'd probably put Nolan Ryan in there, but his fastball, his four seam. And I have Maddox two seam. I've seen for some reason, I don't know what it is, but on Instagram, when I look at baseball stuff, it's for some reason it's all Maddox two seam and it's just gross. It's just it looks like a fastball and then all of a sudden it's about to like hit him. <laughs> so, um, so I put uh, Greg Maddox's two seam in there. I have Randy Johnson's slider, and then I have Fernando Venezuela's screwball. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, <laughs> his yeah. screwball was nuts. I mean, I think it's I always find it so cool when someone can throw, uh, like if someone can throw righty and they can make the ball go in the same way as their their throwing hand. So like if if you throw a ball on your right hand and it goes right, I find that so incredible. So the fact that Venezuela had a screwball that could go and he was a lefty, so he, he he threw it from his left side and it and it went left. So um I just thought that was that's just an untouchable pitch. So that's my I guess best pitcher. And then I would probably say to add to the best pitcher, I'd have to put um I think what's his name? I think it's El Duque, right? Wasn't the pitcher on the Yankees? Am I tripping? I forget what his name is. I think it's El Duque. But um, he had, like, this crazy wind-up. Oh, my God. He just, like, kicked his legs, like, straight up <laughs> to almost need himself every time in the face. But um, I'd have to say for the best pitch, I'd put his wind-up in there. But um, what were, I guess we'll put it, like, what was your guys' favorite pitches um, as well, just to, just to see? Like, what's your, like, favorite untouchable pitch, Nick? I think... To answer this one a little differently, I think if you put like if you put Jacob Degrom, Nolan Ryan, Michael Kopech, and you put that kid in Tennessee who p- pumps out like one oh six, if you put all of them in a lab and put like Greg Maddox, you could like produce something wild. Yeah, like, like you could have like a guy like Chapman as well. Oh my god, you could be pumping like one oh four with a changeup of like seventy two. Yeah, so like you could like do something crazy with that. I think that now the league is kind of getting used to these fast pitches, and it's a lot of movement, so I don't know how that would work. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, movement guys. If you had, like, 
like Valenzuela, someone who comes to my mind, just what he was able to do. I think if you had like Nestor Cortez's like wind up and oh box God, and yeah. then had yeah. like to Grom and like Nolan Ryan's heat, I think that'd be untouchable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like Kodai Senga's uh, ghost ball as well. So. <laughs> yeah. So Nick, what is your, what is your, uh, I guess, favorite pitch or like create your best pitch or whatever? Well, I'm piggybacking off the Chapman fastball just because of like, how dominant it was. And I guess it kind of started the trend of like just guys coming out of the pen that just throw oh, gas. He, yeah. And I'm pairing it with Kershaw's curveball, Cole Hamill's changeup, and Ari Dickey's knuckleball. That's what I, I forgot about. That's, what, that's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That was that was a stupid pitch. Wakefield as well. You yeah. got Wakefield. <laughs> no in one there? throws a knuckleball. It's so weird. Like it's an untouchable pitch. Like you never know where it's going. But like, Kara, like, no. Why did? What did you? What do you think the reason is why no one throws? A knuckleball I think nobody anymore? can. Isn't it? Isn't it hard on your like your arm in general? I'm trying to. Like, it might be because you have to push. It's not it's like, like isn't you, it it's damaging? Not you throw it. You, right. you push the ball forward because you can't make it spin. All right. That's what I'm. I'm trying to say. I haven't seen. Who else even throws an knuckleball? Steven Wright. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like no one really does. I think there's like one. I think his. I think his name's like Mickey or something. But like this guy on the Orioles, I know does because everyone abused him in MLB The Show, and <laughs> just because he had a knuckleball. Um, but still, like no one uses it, and it's kind of weird because I, yeah. it was more popular back then. But yeah. I guess just because of what what you said with every or with both of you guys said you and Nick and Brett that the heat is just what everyone likes to throw now. Yeah, everyone's just trying to blow by. Hitters. Hitters, right. I so. mean, this was in 2012 with Cy Young with his yeah. knuckleball. That's, like, just insane. <laughs> and that's, like, how many years ago? Like, that's kind yeah. of insane. It's that's 11 over, years ago. Yeah, over it's 10 years ago. That's yeah. kind of insane. And you wouldn't think anybody's going to throw that now. Stephen yeah. Wright was the last one, and I haven't heard of him since, like, 2019. This yeah. last article. So, yeah, no one just really throws it anymore. But do So, with the fact of people constantly throwing heat, right, do we think that Chapman's speed record is going to be broken sometime soon in the next i want to say three years maybe? what was it 107 106 106, 106. It was like yeah. 106.2 Some, i think or it's nuts that's like insane imagine facing yeah. that like it just it was against it was against mccutcheon, McCutcheon. And he almost got hit by it was a ball it, it was by a ball a and it was but it was like it inside was up. on near his, near his neck and i mean that's scary when like, you're throwing something like that fast you don't you're losing accuracy you don't you're know not, where it's going. You're not. Yeah. You have no. You're losing all control of that yeah. baseball. At that point, you're just throwing it. To, what is the point? I mean, obviously you're, you're throwing fast, but if you can't, you're gonna walk guys and or hit them and hurt them. It's it's scary, but to throw like that, it's it's absolutely insane. Because out of fear, batter is just gonna swing and <laughs> close their eyes and swing. And I don't even know yeah. what you would do at that point. It's exactly. that's. But as the game's developing, it's so many less off speed pitches. Yeah. And just fastball, fastball, fastball. And if you have a good fastball, that's what's going to get you noticed mm-hmm. anyway. Exactly. If you have good, you know, if your stuff is, you know, nasty and you have a good change and, and you have a good breaking pitch, I think in the in minors it develops. That's what the time you develop it. But yeah. if you can throw a fastball, you're you're going to get noticed either way. And change-ups and sliders are in the 90s now. Like, yeah. change-ups are upper 80s. Yeah. Sliders, I mean, DeGrom sliders at 93 when yeah. it's a ton of movement. And some people still throw fastballs at 93. Yeah. Like, like ten years ago, people the average pitch was probably like ninety miles an hour. Like just in general, there was a guy on the Nationals. I, I forget his name. I, I went to the game. His fastball was like eighty four. I yeah. was like, that's <laughs> not a fastball. Like, it, yeah, it's like some p- people can like still throw for ninety three miles an hour. And um, I would and for when we when we call those Blue Rocks games, Kara. I mean, mostly the the guys threw like ninety two. Yeah. In the minor, in, in high 80. end. Who was the fastest one you saw? Uh, hundred. I saw hundred. 
because there's this was guy. It? it was a guy on the other team. I forget who was it. Who was it? Uh, I think it was the Blue Claws. Um, this guy made like three mistakes and one, of, and he threw like a hundred miles an hour. And I was like, oh guys, <laughs> how <laughs> fast is Painter's fastball? Do we know? I was I don't I only saw Abel so I have no idea. I think he sits like high. I know it's high nineties, ninety seven. Yeah, probably sits ninety seven. I think ninety seven yeah, is the highest I've seen. But like yeah. the fact that that's normalized now, <laughs> like yeah. right, a guy sitting ninety seven six innings. I remember I went to the. You'll probably remember this, Nick. I went to that um, that Mets game in Philly where it was a rain delay, but they won like ten nine um, in Philly um, and. I saw Edwin Diaz, he threw like 102, 103. So. Yeah, he throws hard. It, it's fun because you see uh, some of the other, unless like DeGrom's pitching, mm-hmm. you see like 92 miles per hour. And then like Diaz comes out and it's just like you don't even see the ball go. Yeah. Just, it's like a blur. It's so. one, yeah, it was like 102. Um, but it was, it was when Canna hit two home runs in. Oh my, that game actually. Oh, yeah. Did, I actually have yeah. PTSD from that. Well, I, <laughs> see, I went to the the first game I went to was when the Mets were up 5 0 and I was at the that game one. and it was, I was 6 5. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I was yeah. in a Mets jersey and everyone was just coming up to me. And that was like the third like, game of the year or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so, last thing before we hop off uh, on one of our longer episodes um, <laughs> favorite dynamic duos. Um, all time, today, whatever. I have from all. Like different, I guess, decades for me. So, um, my favorite players, Utley and Utley and Rollins, was such a great middle infield to have, and they were close in the lineup together. So, uh, I have Utley and Rollins. I have Trout and Otani. I mean, it's so weird how the Angels are so, like, I guess you can put mediocre on there, but they have like the two like top five <laughs> players in the league. Um, on a lot of lists, they are one and two. And yeah, so. it's insane. So, uh, and then also for, um, I have, I really like this guy, and he was one of my favorite players growing up. I have Pablo Sandoval and Buster Posey. Um, they batted 3-4 back in 2012 and 2010. If it was an even year, they won, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, uh, and those guys were pretty fun to watch. It was always, it, for me, it was always, it always sucked to see Posey just kind of keep downgrading like that. And then when he retired, I was like, I was like, man, like. Like I really, it was so tough for me to see Posey retire because I grew up watching the Giants a lot because they were good. So, and then for my honorable mention, I have uh, Junior and Senior Griffey. I think that was super cool that Griffey Junior was just stealing fly balls from Senior and <laughs> eventually got grounded. But, <laughs> but, um, but Kara, who are your? I mean, you probably have Jeter somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, I have Jeter, A Rod, um, Elvis Andrews, and Adrian Beltre was like my iconic, like my childhood watching the two of them just go at it, like as as a duo. I was gonna say Josh Hamilton and Beltre. I was gonna say it, but I was like Josh uh, Hamilton. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in forever. forever right? Josh Hamilton. Yeah, it's been so long. Does he have an MVP? He yeah. yeah, I, I think, think he so. was. He was like stupid. Yeah, nuts. Yeah, didn't he hit like six home runs in one game or something? <laughs> it was three or four. Home yeah. runs. it was against the Orioles. I remember that though. I think it was four home runs in a game. It was nuts. But um, but yeah, the Beltre just because that's why I really liked like that old stadium. Right. Just because Hamilton was really good. Oh, you always saw Beltre because he was always doing something funny. So. Right, right. That was the, that was from my childhood. And then I think now I I want like I like Otani and Trout. I want to see them just be successful. Like yeah. that's what I want to see out of the two of them. I just as a baseball fan, you're like, oh my god, this yeah. there's so much potential. Like you just watch Shohei and you're like, uh, you're just in awe. And then Mike Trout, I just I yeah. want him to do. I just want him to do how to champ. I didn't want him to get a ring. Just all, all success, getting hurt and all that stuff. And I, I like to watch him play. But and Trout is as he just said the other day that he's trying to make sure in any way possible that Otani stays with him yeah. next year. I mean, it's one year, thirty mil. 
But I mean, they're gonna have to put up a lot yeah. of money for Otani coming up next year. And they gotta do. They gotta do. They gotta make the playoffs at least. So. Oh my gosh. So I'm mean, Brett. Who do you who do you think uh, or who are your favorite dynamic duos that you watched growing so up? So early on, like one of my child, I don't even no, I wasn't there for prime Manny Ramirez, but him and David Ortiz oh, in yeah, Boston in those years were like so good. And then I went Wainwright and Molina just because of how many times yeah. that battery has been together. But the fun one was Bautista and Encarnacion. Oh, I love Bautista. Yeah. <laughs> Bautista was a beast. And Encarnacion when he was on the... So underrated. When, yeah, when he was Doesn't on the get Blue Jays about, was so good. When he was I on mean, the Blue Jays, he was insane. He was yeah. nuts. And Donaldson when he was on the Blue Jays was nuts too. I'm fortunate for you. You got both. Had, <laughs> yeah, you, I got you got both of them. Wait, they had Tulowitzki too. Yeah. Toronto. Was, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was, was a crazy years, year. Yeah, those years with the How Toronto. did they not win? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Nick, I'm assuming you have David Wright and Jose Reyes? Or? Yeah, David Wright and Jose Reyes <laughs> would be up there pretty <laughs> obviously. Uh, probably like New York related and kind of like the tri-state related. Um, I didn't think of A-Rod and Jeter. I immediately thought of Jeter and Robinson Cano. Cano, yeah. Uh, that was probably mine. You think of Pedroia and Ortiz as well uh, in Boston. I think Lindor and McNeil right now look pretty good, but uh, other than that, those are mine. Uh, but probably right and race are yeah. the top one. Yeah, and I, th- I th- all these dynamic duos have been great. I think it's cool that like most of these duos are like second and short, or like they yeah. play right next to each other. Right, that's what you think of. Yeah, it's what you think of. Like you, for me, I also just think close in order, like. Like you don't want to go against these guys back to back, like oh, like Trout and Otani, like they bat two and three or one and two sometimes, like they like those guys. You don't want to go face them like like on a one o'clock on a Sunday. So, um, but yeah, I think these get these guys all all the duos that we mentioned were were very good duos. So. That's about wrap things one up. Yeah. I mean, it's a great episode. We got a lot of segments in. Hopefully next week you get more clips from spring training and catching more prospects and what's yeah. going on there. But it seems like the season's progressing and it's pitching and catching reporting and then spring training is going to come rolling around. So we've got a lot of content to go. And before we know, it's going to be opening day. So 42 days. There we go. There's a countdown. So again, <laughs> Brett and Nick, thank you so much for joining us. And that will round out this episode on the 10th Inning Podcast on RoanRadio.com. You've been listening to the 10th Inning Podcast with your hosts, Jack Miller, and Caraguno. Make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. You can find 10th Inning and every Rowan Radio sports podcast by searching for Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your podcasts.